0: so many brands there now it is sort of a uh a hyper normalization of the concept of corporate corporations as people oh sure oh, yeah like, I
1: block they are brands actually for that people reason. there i block yeah. ba- brands i'm like i'm like the i'm like i block wendy's i block stake i block all that stuff it's like it's like yeah, what is stake
2: is stake like funny or something is it's is it like like, somebody's doing a joke or some shit? There was actually,
1: it's... like, an article, I think, in, like, the Philly Inquirer or some shit like that. Uh, yeah. Just some one-off publication that was, that says that, like, the guy who runs the stake Twitters Twitter is, actually works for, like, a brand management corporation.
3: Wow. At, and he, like, uh, he's
1: he's actually representing the actually actual brand stake But I think that, like, <laughs> most of, like, the, like, appeal comes from people who just think that it's fake. Right.
2: Right, right, and right. And so, like, that's
1: Am... a really, really, that's, like, a short con right there. Because once... I... Once it gets, I mean, it will eventually get verified. And I feel like the truth is, is that it hasn't put in an application to actually
3: be <laughs> really verified.
1: Because, I mean, it's so obvious that now, like, with that, with that, uh, with the, with the interview that was going on, that it's run by someone who's employed for social media for, like, PR firms for brands or whatever. Right. And so, like, it would instantly get verified for the most part. So, like, they're not going to actually, like, campaign for verification because this is their whole brand strategy. Right. Um, And so I'm just like, this is extremely clever, but like, this is a short con. And once you get verified, eventually like Twitter, I mean, Twitter's already verified like other accounts. And so it's not like they, I mean, they won't verify me because I'm a communist, but like they'll verify (laughs) other people. So it's just like I mean, they'll
0: verify Nazis. Yeah, the verification
2: I think is uh, is a bad thing to have now. It's a it's a good way to know that uh,
0: you have a bad account. Yeah, you don't want to be a part of the Czech Republic. Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: my God, that's <laughs> hysterical. Oh yeah, I mean, for me, it's like yeah i mean being verified would just be like hey mom look i ha- I, people think i'm legit
3: <laughs>
1: uh, but i mean i do what i do and honestly like my twitter persona is just like i have to have some place in my life where i air out all of my grievances and have like a stream of consciousness like bad career making place to be yeah and twitter That's is like the, the only place about. i can do that because it's where it's fun it's like it's like when i'm i can't like i just like I'm polite and good on Facebook or whatever and like, you know, all this other stuff. I don't have, I have a LinkedIn from like when I was a sound engineer, but I don't have one from like my like two year old writing career now. So it's like, (laughs) uh, it's so, you know, it's just funny. Like, I'm, you can't pay me to get a fucking LinkedIn. It's like, yeah. it's like, what do I put CEO at McMansionHell dot com? <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm probably gonna get audited by the IRS because I don't know how taxes work. But I can just call <laughs> myself like a fucking CEO, I guess. It's like, and my parents, yeah. of course, who are just like, who are both like Republicans. Like my dad's like pretty bad, but my mom is just like, kind of like a working person who just mm. is kind of befuddled by the whole situation.
4: Well, um, all right, everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie III. I'm
0: Jack Allison. I'm Jonathan Daniel
1: Brown, and we have and
0: a very special guest.
4: The CEO of uh, Miss Kate Wagner. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you all for having me. This is very exciting.
4: I'm very excited too. Like I, as, as we uh, talked about on the pre-show, we're all big fans of your blog. I think Anyone who sees your blog becomes a, a big fan because it just captures, um, the most evil things in America almost. <laughs> McMansions and like really really bad ones. I actually lived, I actually live in kind of McMansion Hill land in Leesburg, Virginia, because we um all the government contractors live here, and there's tons and tons of these hideous McMansions. So uh, I guess I just want to ask you why do you look into the heart of darkness of america like this and how has it not driven you insane
1: Nobody has really asked me that question i'm like so glad that someone asks me because it does drive me insane (laughs) um i think it's that for me when i go and look at mcmansions i i find them to be hysterical for personally i mean there's some houses that i look at that are just absurd they're just so absurd that i just I can't help but just be like, oh my God, like just like in my into my hand, just like cracking up. Uh my my main professor at grad school is an architect and sometimes like I'll just be like bored and, and like I'll just send him links uh to, <laughs> to house listings or he'll send me links and he'll just be grad school's like that, you just text your professors, it's normal. But uh oh, cool. Uh and he'll just be like what I'll text something and he'll be like, What the hell is this? Like why <laughs> did you send me this? This is just making me upset. <laughs> and I'm just like you, how do you not think this is funny? I mean, how the fact that people with this much money can screw up this badly, I find to just be hysterical. I think it's a real portrait of the American moment. I mean, <laughs> I mean, also the truth is is that the houses, so the, there's like a, a textbook definition of a McMansion, right? Which was the definition that was being used in the 1990s. Actually, the the word McMansion was coined the year I was born. So oh, really, yeah. So it's people it's think for some it's reason destiny. That, some people think that I invented the word, but I'm like, the word was invented when I was in the womb. Uh, yeah, McMansions
0: were a big part of Arrested Development. Um, yeah. Before. Oh, yeah, that's
1: hysterical, though. That show is is pretty funny. And the, the house, the, the the running gag about, like, the house was, like, falling apart is, like, yeah. actually probably accurate, and that's pretty funny. But the thing about Arrested Development is that it deals with, like, an extremely wealthy family, and so that's, that's you know, it's pretty funny in that respect. But, like, my my whole thing with McMansion Hell so there's like this definition of McMansions right which is most people use that word to mean um those houses or first came to mean those houses that are just like kind of like big uh Mm -hmm. showy houses that like middle class people buy to pretend to be rich Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the houses that like are on McMansion Hell those that's not what those houses are the houses on McMansion Hell are insane houses built by insanely rich people who hired a contractor and then punched them in the face blinded them
3: and, <laughs> and put something in their
1: drink and got a, whatever the hell came out i mean
3: well, I'm the, the at houses this.
1: on mcmansion hill like rarely are there houses that are under five hundred thousand dollars and depending on the area you live in that's like really important because five hundred thousand dollars in the middle of kansas is a, like a big deal yeah
0: yeah I'm, I'm looking at this uh the latest house that you've posted is uh in Tulsa County, Oklahoma, and, oh boy, it's a $750,000 house that would probably cost, I mean, at least yeah, $5 million I, 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 in L.A. or New York. Yeah, at, I like don't a think minimum. you can find a house, you like, couldn't find a house within like,
2: 20 miles of Los Angeles for less than a million dollars or right, something.
0: Right, so, but you look at this house, and for $750,000, which in Tulsa is a lot... Mm-hmm. Uh, and Anywhere, anywhere is, a lot. is a Anywhere lot.
2: Lot. is a lot.
0: But, like, specifically, like, the jobs, like, th- this is for... This is for the wealthiest of the wealthy and this thing is fucking ugly. Like this is one of the, <laughs> the ugliest houses. Like this looks like encino puked on itself. <laughs>
1: it's funny. I mean that's that's the whole point. The blog is not necessarily about like roasting like middle class people who buy like a coach bag every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I mean cuz that's me. I own a coach bag. Everyone can like fuck off. Uh,
3: <laughs> it's 5 that's years old pleasures. and I like
1: it. It's five years old. It's never gonna go out of style. It doesn't have the C's on it. It's just black. I'll defend that. That's, (laughs) it's like I don't know. Wow, another hypocritical
4: socialist. I know. Uh, And Bernie sweater. It's just uh, carrying
1: around a burlap sack, and uh, I'm sorry, I don't carry around a burlap sack. (laughs) Uh, But uh, anyway, so I mean, it's so funny because like sometimes, occasionally, people will be like, "You can't attack people's personal decisions." I'm like, "You don't understand." the people whose personal decisions I'm attacking have all the power in this country. It's not like Joe Blow, who's like an actuary at an insurance company and hates his life and wants to die, but at least he has a hot tub. It's like, (laughs) I mean, we're talking about people who are like CFOs or, I mean, all of these like big level positions. People who have a $750,000 house, they ain't middle class. I mean, it's like- it's,
0: It's fucked up. That's the the housing market is so out of control and it's so speculative that you just see these developers building these monstrosities and then just hoping some the right rich person comes along or yeah Yeah. on the flip side the contracting.
2: Sometimes they think more about what they can do and not what they should do.
3: Right. I I mean for me
1: it's like it takes on an extra shitty position right which is that Throughout like all of history, from like the Romans and probably even before the Romans and all this other stuff, people who had like a shit ton of money, they hired artists to build their house. Yes. And so like there was like the sub process, like, yeah, you have a lot of money and power, but at least you left behind something that doesn't suck and that furthers like an art that has existed since the beginning of human civilization. Mm -hmm. But it was like in 1980, people were just like, Hey, I have a lot of money you know what, fuck with, I'm not going to let an architect tell me what to do. This is like the Reagan era, bitch. I'm going to do what the hell I want. And it's my money and I want it now, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, so we see this like big shift in, in housing and of, in houses of the elite from hiring architects, which was like a big status symbol all the way up through like the 1960s. There was a transitionary period of the 1970s, with with deregulation and all this other stuff. Um, there wasn't that many, there actually wasn't a lot of houses built in the 1970s compared to the 1980s and the 1960s because of the energy crisis. And Hmm. there was a stall in construction and all this other stuff. But by the 1980s, rich people who are becoming ever more richer because of, you know, all of these new economic practices were like, yeah, why should I hire an architect? Architects are doing fucking weird stuff now. And that's, you know, (laughs) I'm not exactly into it. And yeah, so and, I'm and of course I'm detail, so smart like, because
2: I made all this money, uh, so I probably know better.
1: Exactly. Right? Yeah, it's like I want a hot tub in my kitchen, so let me hire a contractor. <laughs> to be fair, though, I rag on hot tubs. Sir, but can you convert but like, this
0: money into a uh, into a jacuzzi in my kitchen? I'd, I'd use the jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> I would use the kitchen jacuzzi. I'm I'm that asshole. I would.
3: I I'm would, just, I just would gonna eat. say,
1: like, I okay, so like, I don't really like garden tubs or like jacuzzi tubs, but like a functional hot tub, like that is awesome. I mean. I, <laughs> Like I have like achy like I have achy joints and whatnot. So like I get into a hot tub. My parents got a hot tub the second my sister and I left for college. So I was like
4: Oh, oh. man. It's <laughs> like well they have nothing <laughs> That's to spend. Like an I insult. I mean, they're not
1: buying us food or anything anymore, so they might as well. I mean
2: <laughs> They only have to feed the hot tub now.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean but also my dad has like back troubles and all this other stuff. But actually the funny thing is is that my parents didn't buy the hot tub. One of my moms, like my mom runs a, like a preschool and like her, um, one of like the parents in her, in her program was, uh, moving. And this was a person whose my mother was like potty trained all four of her children. And so she was like, well, we're moving and, uh, we don't, we don't have anything to do with this hot tub. Do you want this hot tub? And so my mom was like, oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> so we had a hot tub, but the jokes on them, because like, we, you can't just have a hot tub, like on the ground you actually have to have it on a deck so they had to like build a deck for the hot tub (laughs) but still that was like cheaper than buying the hot tub so i think it was like it was like funny that like my parents just got a hot tub but at the same time every time i come home i'm like it's hot tub time so (laughs) what
2: so what you're saying is i'll have to build a deck in my kitchen if i want to get my uh kitchen hot tub okay okay
1: but i I just saw this house that someone sent me in an email because i i do read those emails i don't always respond to them but i do read them and there's this this person who put a hot tub, like, embedded in, like, a, a like a floor. So it was, like, so you had to step down into the hot tub, not climb into it. Yeah. And it was just, like, in the window that was, like, a foyer window where was, like, really huge window right next to, like, the entrance. <laughs> so there's, like, this hot tub that's suspended in this this weird architectural space. And then right next to it is, like, the entrance to the house. So I can just imagine, like, this person who built this bizarre house sitting there in their hot tub... And someone rings the doorbell, doorbell, and like comes in, and is and he's just like sitting there with twiddling his fingers, like like uh, Mr. Burns, being like, "Welcome." <laughs> so so yes. what
4: what disturbs me about so many of these is like I always imagine like if I hit the lottery, like I would have a like a nice space. And all my stuff would be put away. And, like, I would just have space for, like, activities and shit. And, like, have high ceilings that, you know, aren't cluttered with, you know, like... uh, Crap. Like, (laughs) crap, yeah. Like, crap wouldn't be everywhere. I wouldn't have, like, fake beams in in, on the ceiling and shit like this. The beams
1: are foam. The houses that you
0: post, Kate... Are almost like pre-designed for hoarders. Yes. Like, th- and this is the place where you can stack your three couches when you're done with them. <laughs> and this is this the place is the bicycle for all of the. This is the place for all of the recycling you're never going to do. So just <laughs> drop the trash here. Like it's designed to be disgusting immediately. I- and it reminds me because I was at Hearst Castle with my girlfriend a couple of months ago, oh, and like whoa. that. That place is like. It-, it was the prototype McMansion. It was. I mean, it's it's. This mixture of like remarkable and so absurdly garish that you like you know that it had a it had an architect
1: yeah Julia uh, Morgan she's Julia like one Morgan of the only... who was
0: incredible
1: yeah and she's like oh fuck this rich person like asked me to build like this house and like I'm like a woman architect and so if like the Hearst Empire wants me to build a house. This could, I was like, I have to balance, like, there's, like, the angel and devil on your shoulder, and you're just like, yeah, I don't have any actual power in society, so I'm just gonna go along with it. Well,
0: there's a, there's a propaganda documentary you can watch. So, so the Hearst Castle, I guess, is run by the state, but, like, the Hearst Company is around the castle, so, like, the gift center is Hearst, while the castle itself is the state. It's super confusing. It's some sort of public-private partnership. But like when you yeah, go, I love that, to go to the Hearst gift shop. And well, at the gift shop, the, they have a huge, like they have like a, like a my huge Hearst memorabilia. They have a huge IMAX theater, like a ten-story theater, where they have this like documentary from like 1997, like narrated by Lydia, about like how amazing William Randolph Hearst was and how amazing Julia Morgan was. And like Julia Morgan definitely seemed amazing, but uh, William Randolph Hearst seemed was like a, piece a proto, of shit. he seemed yeah. like a proto Weinstein. Like he would literally fly actors and actresses to the castle for like the weekend like what do you think was fucking happening yeah it
2: is funny (laughs) that they're like it was so fun and quaint how he would fly them up there for the weekend it's like
0: at uh, a time when planes
1: were still freaky like
0: (laughs) i mean and there's like footage of like uh like Charlie Chaplin and like these random actresses writing letters about how wonderful it was to stay for the weekend. I'm just thinking like, oh, this is like, this is like a, this is something out of Saw. If
2: those walls could talk, they
0: would scream. Yeah, I mean, this is like Dr. Doom is
2: in California. When you were saying earlier, you know, just about like, You know, how it's just like these architects just have to do whatever these rich people just come up with. And like, you know, it almost sounds like what you're describing. It's almost like building these houses is for adult bougie people. What having like a sweet 16 is for like their shitty kids. Like they just get to boss around some sort of planner and get their way.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why they hire a contractor and not an architect. I mean, that's exactly why. Like, well, an architect, when you hire an architect to design a house, like, an architect, like, has a distinct style. Hmm. Uh, they have, like, a distinct way of working with space, and they have a distinct library of materials that they prefer to use. I mean, they have... And if they're not a sole proprietor, then they have, like, a firm that has a certain, like, organizational way of thinking and building. And, and like, when you're just, like, a shitty rich person, and you're, like, yeah, actually, this is not to, like... This is not, like, what I want, and no, like, fucking lowly-ass architect is going to tell me what to do. Right, so right. you just hire, like, a contractor who... For the most part, like you know, contractors come in a lot of different skill sets and varieties of of, of working. I mean, my my parents hired, hired a contractor who was a, like a family friend to to you know to build the deck uh, and do like the addition. But do, do I think that that guy who built the deck or like made our screen portion addition uh, is could could design and build a house? I highly doubt that. I mean, <laughs>
0: well,
3: they're
1: that's like. A- that's the thing about contractors is that they're not architects.
0: You, you you show an architect your plans for your big Bel Air Starship Enterprise mansion, and they're gonna say, "Actually, building the uh, movie theater under the swimming pool is a bad idea." <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and
1: then architects. They'll say, I'll find you know, a contractor like, who will do it. <laughs> I mean, contractors like it's not like they have like lax morals or whatever. No, but the, the just, truth they're, is, they're is builders. that like they're just they're builders. I mean, that's what they do, and they do it with most for the vast majority of times. And now this is. I mean for at least the majority of times, like contractors have like a code that they operate uh within I mean it's not like they're just like people with lax morals or like the enemies of architects or whatever, but they're really just builders who who i mean to ask a builder to design a house is not exactly fair mm-hmm. um, but people do it anyways because like they will and if they're remotely remotely good with it or if if this the if the client is satisfied, then they'll go on to like be a design build contractor and it's like then it just like the problem replicates itself. I mean, once you give like somebody like that kind of power, just it's the same thing as like the architects. Like now like they I mean, like becoming an architect is a piece of shit lifestyle, let me tell you. <laughs> like I'm not an architect, but I mean I am I know people who are in architecture school and like I work with architects as an acoustician. And being an architect is is you get rat fucked essentially because you have to go to like you have to pay a hundred thousand dollars or whatever to go to like some architecture undergrad that's okay and maybe if you you can graduate with that and maybe work towards licensure but most people go to grad school so then you go to like another like a hundred thousand dollar grad school and then so it's not just much that you're like in a shit ton of student loan debt for being an architect because no one gives you a scholarship for architects architecture because you can draw because that's art uh like Mm -hmm. it's not like you like are gifted in like drawing a house when you're a 15 year old or whatever and (laughs) someone gives you a scholarship it's just like you're just gonna go to college, and they'll give you a scholarship based on like your GPA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's you're really you know it's not like when you're in the arts, which is the one good thing about the arts is that when you're in the arts and you go to college, like you can actually apply, you can like compete for scholarships. Mm. Like there are scholarships just for the arts because you're special because no one else loves you for Christ's sake. Mm. I so, went to music school. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually um,
0: fun. It's funny you mentioned that because uh, I was actually told once that the reason that it is so uh, that architecture main characters are so prominent in in films and TV shows is because architect hits this weird sweet spot center of creative and professional that uh, is appealing to a mass audience. Like, well, that's I can see some of myself in that, and I can see some of myself in that. Like, you have someone who is working... Uh, at an office all day, they'll relate to the office part. And then you have someone who is creative, they'll relate to the creative part. It's that win-win. That is interesting, yeah.
1: I, I mean, I say that. that's partially true, but like, I mean, also when you're an architect, like, when you're done with school, you have to go get licensure. And to get licensure, you have to pay a fuck ton of money for the materials. You have to pay a fuck ton of money to take the test. It's like, you're just like getting like... Like nickeled and dimed. So you're like a, you're like like trying to like have like a basically a white collar professional job.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're like a quarter million in debt before you find out that everyone is only hiring contractors. Uh, It's like, well,
1: it's like not even that. It's that, I mean, a lot of architecture is just, there's like the few glamorous architects who like make it into like the public spotlight. But like the vast majority of like architects working in the country are just workers. They're Mm -hmm. not, they're workers and they're abused. They're abused with un, un, Unpaid internships are huge in architecture. There's this culture, mm. a very toxic working culture in architecture, where if like if you're not slaving away at some model or something for 70 hours a day or, or 70 hours a week or like, however, I mean, you are wor- if you're not working yourself to death, essentially, you're just not trying hard enough and you don't have any kind of great vision. This is, it's, a, it's a very toxic culture of overwork and underpay in architecture. And because, like, there's, like, this, you can hold up some people to this ideal that, like, yeah, if you're actually really good and talented and you work hard enough, you can become, like, really famous or whatever. Sounds
0: like it's, Hollywood. Like, the art, people yeah. in the arts
1: learn that real quick, like, you're fucked. <laughs> but, like, people in architecture, they have to go a lot farther to realize, yeah, I'm being fucked over. Oh,
0: wow.
3: I
1: mean, I mean, unpaid internships are, like, the biggest thing in architecture. Because, like, unpaid internships in architecture are you are just working. You are not doing anything right. You are literally working as an architect for free. That's what you're doing. You know, I mean, it's total exploitation.
4: You know who I'm really worried about, though? Like, you know, in every movie, whenever they're, like, in a high-class office and, like, the CEO is showing off their new development or whatever and they have those little models made. I wonder if all the people who make those little models are going to go out of business because of 3D printing. <laughs> it's not
1: 3D printing. I mean, 3D models have been, like basically architectural hegemony for like 10 years now mm. um but like uh, but the truth is is that like an actual model is you the way that you work with i've had to make some models before um and the way that you work with space when making a model is like very meticulous and hand-on and you can learn lessons from that Just like dicking around in cad and like making sure that it like it's it works or whatever i mean it's led i think to lazy architecture Hmm. Frankly, I mean, that's why all of these like new apartment complexes look the same. It's not necessarily that the architects are, are bad or whatever. I mean, and I personally, I, I don't find it like productive to dog on urban housing. But I think that, uh I mean, honestly, the, the kind of critique is uh, a good friend of mine, Kiefer Dunn, who's head of the architecture lobby, which fights for or he's like the he's like one of the lead organizers for the architecture lobby, which fights for labor rights and architecture. Um was saying he calls it he and his his partner um Marianella who is a who's an architectural theorist they call it SketchUp Contemporary and SketchUp is a ah. program that you use to make digital models and it's true because like actually in this case the medium does inform the actual built reality and that it's just really easy to create like these kind of volumes, like these these rectangular volumes with like maybe some extruded elements uh and and you know basically the way that that works is that it's easy to just do rectangles that are like with more rectangles and instead of like having a kind of a cohesive structure it was it's just easy to use the paint bucket tool to paint bucket brick on like one <laughs> facade and then on one part of the facade and then like stone on the other i mean really the ease of the because drawing brick and stone is a is a pain in the
3: ass I think,
1: i think that there is something to that idea that the ease of of, you know, just like selecting and and painting something does and the and the ease of just drawing lines that way and not having to work within like physical space with like your own hands. I think that does inform the architectural decisions of people. I
0: so mean, interesting. What so was, I, what 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 do Oh, sorry. Go go for it, Leslie. Well, I I
4: just want you were talking about, you know, the art the architecture being lost, but I feel like there's one man who's really like he 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 doesn't just do like a flat concrete thing. Like he, no. he he makes sure to get those details, uh, usually uh, gilded details, into every inch of every building that he of ever in every room that he ever has to spend more than five minutes in. And of Is course, it of, Trump? Our, Trump? of course, yeah. we're talking about our president yeah. our, our architectural now, genius, Donald Trump.
0: Now b- it's interesting because before. Trump said that Haiti was a shithole. He said that the White House was a shithole and a dump. <laughs> and it makes me—you look at the architecture of the White House versus the architecture of one of the Trump buildings. Yeah, like the one in Vegas, which is like just a giant desert sky boner. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's—what do you think it is about extreme wealth and just fucking hideous design? Is it the—is it? I mean, sure, these people think they're smarter than the architects who actually know how to design a building, not just to look nice, but to not collapse. But, uh, I mean, is it just that? Is it just the that they think they're smarter and that they think they have a better understanding of aesthetics? Is it just simple arrogance? What do I mean, you think for, it is?
1: I think for people who are like Trump or like, you know, dictators, for example, who's Trump, whose style Trump is... Trump style has been compared Oh, absolutely. To. Sure. I mean, Berla there Scully is like too. a, there's like a semiotics of, of wealth and power in architecture that goes back like very far. Um, the kind of, I mean, you have to think about it. There's such a re- there's a huge reason why Trump and like, and like dict and like dictators across the country have favored, first of all, classical architecture. And second of all, like interiors from before, right before the French revolution, Hmm. So like Louis the Fourteenth or whatever the fuck, right? The, so there's, I mean, that was a time like yeah, the Sun King, whatever. But like all of that was basically, you know, they this, French the French monarchy took money from poor people to build extravagant palaces because they couldn't get away from taking it from the aristocracy. And so, like, what you saw there was, like, a huge, massive, like, God-boner complex, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, you got to see, like, the true power of exploitation,
3: mm-hmm. which was that it
1: put, like, an entire country into millions of, of millions of dollars or whatever into debt. And you got to see, like, people, like, starving for your wealth. I mean, there was, like, anyone who reads any kind of primary source about the time before the French Revolution, I mean, it was dire. Mm-hmm. Like, uh... I mean, things were, people were starving so that the king could build his, like, shitty, shitty Versailles mansion with like, gilded ceilings and all this other stuff. I mean, there's, like, and all of that, all of those kind of architectural gestures became symbols of of wealth and power in a way that's a little bit more excruciating to other people than, you know, just, like, building a modernist house in the 20th century so, by franklin writer maybe, maybe that's I mean,
4: why trump hates the white house because all the people who suffered to make that are already dead I know. Yeah. <laughs> well and it's it, like, interesting
0: it feels that the mcmansion aesthetic is now taking over electronic stores and coffee shops and like it it, it feels that in an attempt to compete with wealth, businesses are now adopting these really hideous styles because that's what wealth is. So it has to look like what's rich. So I've been seeing lots and lots of uh, like stores getting remodeled.
2: Yeah, there's a lot more like grocery stores with a club vibe and shit. It's like weird, that.
0: like there's a you know this Gelson's wait with is the this bar in California? Next... It's yes. California? It's very California. it's uh, California. I was gonna say that sounds
1: fucking California because <laughs> to me like everyone is still doing like rustic pipes and Edison bulbs on the East Coast.
2: Well, I mean, we still we we still get our fair share of uh rustic pipes uh, and Edison uh, uh, bulbs out here too. Uh, well, we have Southern California Edison.
1: <laughs> oh my God! I, mean, are... I was just in New York recently. Uh, I spent a couple days in New York with uh, Stephen, my partner. We went to go look at art because we had like some extra money laying around for the holidays, and by extra money I mean like maybe a couple hundred dollars. And Stephen's Fancy. parents were like, "We can Ooh, get you the hotel. We don't have spend place. it all in
0: one place." <laughs> I know.
1: I know. And so, uh, so anyways, we went and, uh, we got to go look at, uh, look at art, which I, I had never been to the MoMA and that was a pox against my name as a design writer. So I had to go. And so, I mean, it was great. And I was there and I went to, uh, Trump Tower. Actually, I went to the AT&T building, which is a actual architectural, it's extremely important in architecture. And it's basically being lobotomized because of like the developer who bought it was like, I hate that this is old. It needs to look like a target. Um, Mm -hmm. and so but anyways trump tower's next door that is the ugliest fucking building in it's got (laughs) to be one of the ugliest fucking buildings in new york because i mean first of all when you know the history trump basically demolished like this extremely important historical art deco facade that was just like beautiful gilded you could Mm -hmm. look it up i mean it was just one of the most like beautiful art deco entryways like on par with the rockefeller center and all that other stuff and he just demolished it because he's like, it's not black and gold, bitch. I want it.
0: <laughs>
1: it's like, I mean, he... How is
0: that any different than what ISIS did in pull Myra?
1: <laughs> I know. This is saying it's terrorism, True. right? I mean, because yeah. he's just like, I mean, it's like, I'm, like, who knows? Trump might be in bed with Hobby Lobby at this point. <laughs>
3: just...
1: I can't think about that. I can't help but think about that every time I see a Hobby li- Lobby. I'm like, wow, you're just like doing like Indiana Jones shit in
2: the... Uh- <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? What, they were like trying to buy like the original... What was it like? They were just
0: buying stolen art and yeah, buying like stolen stuff stolen relics, Stolen relics. artifacts like, yeah. from like
1: the beginning of like... like- uh you know christianity and stuff cuz they they were trying to bring about like the end of the world or something like that the hobby Lobby, is,
0: yeah they're they're fundamentalists I right, mean like yes. that's
1: literally indiana jones isn't it like yeah, yeah.
0: it is uh, uh, it's like you, a boulder mean? scene <laughs> <laughs> except no. for it's
1: like it's like jesus's fingernail or something i don't know <laughs> i feel
0: like it's not even national treasure though it's not, <laughs> most, it's not but...
1: even any cunning involved it's just like grab it and like run away
2: it, it, it fits perfectly because just like everything in real life it's kind of like a movie only way way stupider
0: <laughs> uh. well, speaking, speaking of movies have you seen anything recently
1: kate the last movie i went to the theater to go see was blade runner 2049
0: oh um. what do you think of blade runner
1: I love Blade Runner, but I always have. I mean, I'm like a Philip K. Dick junkie. I've read all the oh, novels. Oh, hell yeah.
0: Electric Dreams uh, I, I love that out.
1: stuff. And Steven loves that stuff, too. So, I mean, seeing I, the movie. And I thought that the movie was good. Um, some people hate it, but I thought it was, like, a good movie. I mean, the original Blade Runner I liked, too, but I thought that the new one was was good, especially for a sequel where the writer, or the original, like, creator of the concept was dead. I was, like, man, I can't believe someone made a sequel to Blade Runner, but this is a pretty decent sequel
3: <laughs>
2: as much as it's blasphemy. I was gonna say that I, that I did think that his uh, uh or the portrayal of uh, of future Los Angeles was uh pretty decent in that movie like the like big you know just uh, uh giant mega complexes reaching just get me like, off world very, man uh, uh,
0: yeah get me off <laughs> I the thought it was cool world Did I um, think that
1: like it's totally unrealistic because like all those suburbanites uh, won't even let you build like a fence in your yard. <laughs>
3: That's true. That's They're true. Like, you're like, right. Wait a second,
1: like, your building that's two stories taller than, like, my building is, like, it's going to catch the shadow on my vegetables. Right. And you're, going so to that, ruin my, you're going to starve me to death.
2: The real, the Dude, real vision talk. of L.A. is, like, it looks just like it does today, just there's, like, a thousand times more homeless people on the street.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wanted, before we get into uh, the big movie story of the week, I wanted to actually ask you about... Uh, you know, California is in a really interesting and weird situation with developers versus the NIMBYs. And, like, I kind of like, well, the developers are, like, building these, like, ugly things that you have to spend, like, $1.5 million to move into. And the NIMBYs just want nothing built at all. Where does the where does the fight for fair housing come into to this weird debate that's sort of happening in L.A.? Because it's not touching on the big issue, which is that nobody can afford to live in any of these new things anyway.
1: I mean, I think that, like, I don't necessarily know the ins and out of LA mm-hmm. uh, or, like, California housing policy because it's significantly more fucked up than, like, other places in the world with housing policy. Like, I mean, I have, like, a like a couple books on housing policy, and California just makes no goddamn sense as a state <laughs> as to how, like, housing gets built there, which is, I think, a big part of it. Like, the whole proposition, what is it, Prop Prop 7 or I don't know what the – the one You're where, not. like, basically, like – if you, like, buy a house in California, like, you don't have to, like, pay, like, certain kinds of taxes and all those. I mean, Oh, it's, right. I can't
3: Yeah, for, I can't
2: Which remember. one was well, that, that? That doesn't apply to me, so yeah. I don't necessarily know. <laughs> Yeah, it's the one where basically,
1: like, you get to pay, like, no taxes if you, like, own a house. Uh, right. And so, like, because of that, I mean, your your property taxes don't go up with the property value, I think, is there's, like, some kind of discrepancy there. I mean, I'm not, like, an expert on the California housing situation because it makes me angry and people yell at me on Twitter for not being an expert, so I just decided I'm not (laughs) going to care. Uh, It's, it's like, I have, like, a housing crisis here to deal with that I, like, have strong feelings about, and California, like, they can all, like, argue themselves into the blue on Twitter.
3: But, I mean, what my
1: understanding of it is is that basically there's no incentive to build housing in California. Even though there's, like, a huge shortage of housing... There's really like not that much of an incentive to like for people to move out of houses or for housing to change any kind of hands. Because once you own something, you just fucking sit on it. That's like my understanding of how things work with the single family homes. But like there is like I've read stories for this article that I wrote that got killed about the kind of shit that was going down in California. And it was like people were like people were maligning public school teachers and like calling them like terrible people. Because they were going to build like a basically like a federally subsidized housing project for 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 school teachers who can't afford to live on on teaching wages. This was basically going to be like public housing for teachers. Yeah. yeah. And the people whose whose kids went to this teacher schools were calling like their teachers like everything from like adulterers to murderers
0: because like <laughs> Wait, it would
1: mean this, this that like their LA? property values like, would go down.
0: Sounds like San Francisco. It's San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, That's okay.
1: Mission Hill. I mean, like it's like. <sighs> I mean, San Francisco. I I don't a know whole about LA, other. But like, st- San Francisco is just like fucked up beyond like all kinds of recognition. Like you read the kind of stuff that goes on there with like people not wanting housing to get built, and you're like, these people are killing people. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's yeah. Like, they are. They're necessarily... literally dooming people to be crushed to death by security yeah. robots. It's it's really bad out here. The thing that's worst about, and I don't know
2: near. Near, nearly enough about all this, but like what you'll notice about out here in Los Angeles is that they're always building like new condos and they mostly just stay empty. They nobody just like nobody moves in, nobody ever moves in, and then the streets are just like there are homeless people. There are like you know, a hundred homeless people sleeping on a street like that, you know, is lined with condos that are all just fully empty. That's like what it's like in LA.
0: I mean, I stayed at an Airbnb in Montreal, I know I feel terrible already, uh, <laughs> but it was in this building. And I had this weird realization that every single person in the building was also using Airbnb. Yeah. Like there was not a, called single a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was an eight-story eight hotel disguised as a condo. Yeah. And oh, I, what you, I, think, I,
1: I found it out. Like Proposition 13,
0: okay.
3: which
1: was—I couldn't remember if it was seven or 13. But Proposition 13, which is which basically said that like two-thirds of California's uh, basically uh, that. Property tax was reduced on houses and businesses and farms by 57%. Oof. Property rate, t- property tax rate throughout California average a little less than 3% of market value before Proposition 13. I mean, like, yeah. basically, they don't have to pay any damn taxes on their houses. <laughs> and so, like, it, but if they, I think there's a pre- provision where, like, if the house, this is at the time of buying. So if the house changes hands, and is sold to somewhere else, somebody else, then like that provision now resets to like the tax rate of the current year, or there's something, there's oh, some kind of provision. Why? But I read this article, like like I said, like I hate this and I don't keep track track of it because this is somebody else's fight. <laughs> um, but I mean, from what I can read that like, people were basically like passing their houses down like quasi legally, either through inheritance or through just like giving them away instead of selling them right. so that people wouldn't have to, the tax rate wouldn't be adjusted. Um, but, like, what I know, like, more about, like, is, is the kind of stories that come out of San Francisco. And uh, I personally don't believe in the idea of trickle-down housing.
0: Um, L.A. is big on that. The idea that if you build more expensive housing, the rich people will move from the bigger uh-huh. <laughs> no. to the bigger You know how much houses? a pain
1: in the ass moving is? I mean, come <laughs> yeah. on.
0: It's, it, no, it makes no sense. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, the idea that, like, rich people feel any pressure to move out of their houses into new houses is, like, the dumbest thing. I've ever heard, rich people don't feel pressure to do anything except for sell <laughs> and buy stocks. I mean, but personally, like, from from my standpoint, I think it's this, is that unless you're creating, like, a mass... You, first of all, California needs to build a literally a massive amount of housing. Yeah. Like, a massive amount of housing. Like, Hong Kong density housing. Like, Blade Runner housing. I mean, it's that's... Still, I mean, they, they, we, they, we've got to build up.
3: I mean, And it's got to be don't
1: affordable. I mean, like, you, and it has to be, like, legally obligated to be like either below market rate or rent controlled or public or something, but it can't just be left up to the market to decide because that's not going to fix anybody's fucking problem.
3: Mm, Right. That's Mm.
1: my like idiots understanding to it. Like I literally study acoustics in school. I am not an urban planner and I'm not an urbanist and I'm not a housing scholar. I take a left perspective on housing and I've read like critical perspectives on housing. Like, but I'm not an expert. And you've
4: read, uh, do androids dream of electronic sheep? And yeah, that's that's, that's 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 really enough. That's Here's all you need thing. to know about r- urban planning.
1: <laughs> LA. Where's the, where's the Phil K. Dick book about about NIMBYs? I don't know, but <laughs>
0: we should write it. The conclusion is LA is clogged and we need a plumber. Yeah, which is why we're going to segue into all the money in the world. Oh, wow. That was what good. Segue. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, yeah, good. That was good.
4: Christopher Plummer. All right, Christopher
0: Plummer. Uh, Christopher Plummer and Michelle Williams worked on all the money in the world uh, for free. Did Plummer work for free? no? Plummer Michelle
4: didn't work for free, but Willie Scott and Michelle Williams basically did work for scale. Basically, work for free. Um yeah, like eighty bucks or something. Yeah, like nothing. And that
0: was and that was damn. So I get pictures. paid more than eighty
1: bucks to do some shit. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you are you are uh, uh, better paid than Michelle Williams. Yeah, uh, wow. Did it, but, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean.
4: Yeah. So Sony,
0: Sony Pictures. Oh, you want to go ahead?
4: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, because I just I feel like I feel like I personally discovered this conspiracy theory because (laughs) uh, like a couple of a couple days ago, like um, some story the Mark Wahlberg being you know uh, in his youth being a violent racist criminal uh that story starts circulating like again like it comes up like every ca- couple of years every, couple, every of years. couple of years
0: like hey did you know he's a meth head who blinded a guy but turns out he didn't blind the guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah.
4: He beat so, up a blind guy. Yeah, he was already saying, blind. Yeah, <laughs> so, the fun, yeah so, the, so the thing is, like, so people were sharing and left to sharing it, sharing these stories about him being this, you know, what he did as a, as a kid, uh, blinding the guy. He actually didn't blind the guy. The guy was blinded in one eye by communists. So that's actually our bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> the communists in Viet- Vietnam. So we, we got to own that one. So, but no, that that story
2: that, take a hard look in the mirror out there, leftists.
4: Yeah,
0: take a hard look in the <laughs> mirror with one Dude,
1: eye. Dude, I've out. only blinded yeah. people with ugly houses, so I think I'm okay. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, so that story started coming out like uh, on Twitter, and, uh, and I started seeing it again. And then the story uh, another, another story started coming out talking about how he got paid 1.5 million for the reshoots for all the money in the world. And the way the story was pitched, obviously, to the uh, people who were uh, posting it was that, wow, look at the pay gap. Mark Wahlberg make $1.5 million for the reshoots, while Michelle Williams got paid $0. Look at the pay gap. And and it tra- basically tried to paint Mark Wahlberg as the poster child for the reshoots. Uh, the reason why the pay gap is so bad so in I, Hollywood. It,
2: it, it is funny, by the way, that like, cause they compared it using the same kind of like terminology. They were like, which means that she was paid less than one tenth of 1% of what he was paid. I'm like, we're comparing 80, 80 bucks to $1.5 million at this point. Yeah, and that's like, not a gap. That's, like, a fucking, <laughs> like, that's, that's a fucking, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a fucking Canyon. But you're right, Leslie, that it is like, you know, I, you know, can't, hold anyone at fault for bilking more money out of giant media companies but not
4: yeah he didn't what even the built them do. He was he was yeah, paid for a job. He got paid for working. That's the thing. Like so and then uh, the story came out again. And now the twist is that he insisted on getting the one point five million or he wasn't going to do the reshoot, which is basically like trying to say, oh, he wanted Kevin Spacey in the picture so bad that he would only take one point five million dollars in order to get rid of uh, the sexual predator, which I well, don't think is actually the case.
2: And to look, to me, like, I I think that it's like he, you know, the studio found itself in a really fucked position. Their Oscar movie had a sexual predator in it, uh, and they had put all this money toward advertising and everything, so they were in a bad position. And Mark Wahlberg uh, uh, and his agents, you know for, you know, uh, uh, whatever they wanted to do, they, they were able to, like, use that situation to get him a whole ton of money. Now, and who's he has really... the same
1: agent as Michelle Williams. Correct.
2: Now that is where, that's is really fucked here, actually. It's not that they have the same agent. They both are at William Morris Endeavor. They were at the same agency. Uh, uh, so who's really fucked here is his agent, uh, uh, or the a- is the agency, and is also the studio.
3: Uh, well, the studio, uh,
0: here's the thing. It is common, common, common practice whenever there are reshoots, whenever there are reshoots for the studio to get on its hands and knees and go to the actor and say, we need you, we need you, we can't pay you, we can't pay you, we can't afford to pay you, but we need you. And if Fitch, you don't, don't help us, free. Yeah. if you don't help us, we can't release the movie. You want the movie <laughs> to come out, right? You want to look like, good uh, when the movie comes out. Yeah. I've been told that shit before when I did reshoots. They paid us jack shit and we couldn't really do much about it because we didn't have the leverage. Mark Wahlberg, that's a dude with leverage because that's the power of celebrity, now, unfortunately. But, but, but also, said, though, the
1: other thing is though is that Michelle Williams had a contract that said in her contract that was legally binding with it when she signed up I think for the film in the first place that like for research she was only going to get paid $80 that was in her contract and Mark Wahlberg didn't have a contract it didn't have research reshoots in his contract
2: he also had a uh he also had a you know co-star clause in his contract that he got to have like up or down uh uh you know, approval on who his co-star was. So he could have potentially even without doing reshoots held up the entire film and just by saying, I don't want Christopher Plummer to be my uh, co-star. So, but with that said though, I really do have to put, you know, everyone is trying to like, you know, make, put the focus on Mark Wahlberg who, you know, maybe didn't even know any of this was going down while his agency, uh, uh, William Morris Endeavor, used another of their clients, uh, Michelle Williams, as a bargaining chip to get more money for uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg. And this yes. goes deeper. Yeah,
1: like that's the thing. is, like the agency is the one who's at problem and right. Sony yep. Pictures is the other one who's at Absolutely. problem. I and mean, this,
0: this goes deeper into my whole thing where if you actually want to clean up Hollywood— you can take out as many Kevin Spacey's and Louis C.K.s as you want, but you, it's like we've lost, we've stopped taking out Harveys, right? Like, well, and, and the thing is, ultimately, too, that like for William Morris Endeavor, they could
2: give a fuck if they if 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 one point five million goes to Mark Wahlberg or if seven hundred and fifty thousand go to Mark Wahlberg and uh, Michelle. They Williams get the same each, commission. They yeah, get commission.
1: That's, that's the what an agency That's one of
2: the big problems <laughs> with these agencies is that you know. They're supposed. You're supposed to have an agent who's like arguing, or, or you know, who's like looking out for your best interests. But ultimately, it's not about your best interests. It's about the best interest of the agency itself. And if they can get like a better, you know, a uh, uh, package deal, or if they can fuck you over to like help out one of their more important clients who makes them more money, like that's what will happen. And that's what happens. I mean, that's the Michelle key here Williams. is that
1: Michelle Williams needs to fire her agent. Absolutely,
2: yes.
0: <laughs> leave WME. She just like fire Terry Crews did.
2: Yeah, she should. She needs. I mean, and I agree with Jonathan. That I'm like. Like, p- big people should go down. Like, it, it is good that uh, uh, that Kevin Spacey goes. It is good. All, almost every person that we've seen Bye Bye, it- it's been a very nice. good thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean,
1: I personally love seeing, like, shitty men get owned.
2: Me too. It's like, yeah. it's, the, it's, you know, the only good thing that's happening these days. Yeah. <laughs> I know.
0: Harvey getting slapped in in Scottsdale Yeah, Harvey getting oh, slapped. Oh,
2: that was is, so good. I wish he
1: slapped him harder. <laughs> yeah, And I, I wish know. it was in the. I wish it was in a more vulnerable place.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get to see more. Uh, but but uh, you should actually. You could probably do uh, a blog post just on all of the buildings in Century City and how fucking ugly they are too. I mean, cause... yeah, I
1: could do a blog post on like anything. I mean, I'm gonna be in work for a long
3: time. <laughs> <laughs> but like, also, I mean,
1: I just want to speak here. Like, I had it. I have an agent. I have a literary agent. And before I had this literary agent, I had another literary agent. And it wasn't working out. He wanted me to do TV. I'm too anxious to be on TV, so I fired him. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, when someone doesn't have, like, an agency, when you work with an agency, your literary agent, they work for you. They get a commission when you, like, go to print or whatever, these other things. But, like, if things aren't going to be working out, like, with the agency, you fire them. Uh I mean, like but also like you you know there's a certain point where i don't know how it is in like tv and media or whatever but like what a literary agency does and the kind of clients that they take on it reflects on you ultimately mm-hmm. and so for michelle williams i think it's like yeah my liter- my uh my agency took on like like you know some pieces of shit or whatever and like it's treated me like a piece of shit and it's like if you if she really wants to frame it as like mark Wahlberg's a piece of shit that's still justification for her to fire her agent Mm -hmm. Uh, because my agency hires pieces of shit so really like no matter what happens here the lesson is that michelle williams needs to fucking fire her agent
2: uh i i that is first of all uh uh a moving and wonderful thing to say. Uh, uh, I also think that it's possible that Trump kids are also represented at WME. So, <laughs> <I> think, uh, <laughs> every,
0: every conservative radio host, every conservative talk, like every Bill O'Reilly and Tucker Carlson, like they all have agents. Yeah, that's true. Bit, it is like, very, these funny. guys are all rep there. Like, it Megan Kelly's at CAA. I know that for a fact. Yeah,
2: okay, so, uh, uh. Do you know who Donald Trump's agent used to be? Who? Ari Emanuel, who oh, yeah. owns WME. He is the well, president actually, that's of Well, actually, that's why, that's
0: why they had a meeting after he uh, was inaugurated.
2: Right.
0: Ari uh, went to Trump Tower.
2: So, yeah, if you're talking about, like, uh, association with other shitty clients, uh, they got it at
0: WME. Yes. Yeah. With <laughs> those so shitty families, the entire Emanuel family just fucking sucks. I mean, yeah. That's Rom is Rom, the worst brother. piece of shit.
1: Oh, Rahm Emanuel is in, Oh, my no, God. It's, yeah, it's I had no brother, idea that Ari that was Eman- a connection.
2: Okay, Ari Gold on Entourage is based on Ari Emanuel, who's Rahm Emanuel's brother. And they're if you all just, fucking that, that's, that's the, like, six degrees of shitty Kevin Bacon.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I had no idea. But also, like, I don't know anything about, like, TV and film, frankly. Like, You know, there's this, a, there's like, it's a there's whole like different one art. Of hell. <laughs> there are There's, like, one art that I feel like everybody is, like, ignorant about. Like, everyone has one art that, like, they just don't know shit about. Music is
2: what it is for me. (laughs) As embarrassing as it is for me to say that.
1: I have a music degree, so, like, I have no excuse. But uh, (laughs) if anything, I'm just, like, a shitty elitist. And, like, that's the only (laughs) part of, like, myself that is a shitty elitist. And I'm like... eh. But yeah. Well, this, uh, but also, also I all, think yeah. that like, but also like, a music education really just teaches you how to like listen for the good things in music instead of the bad. If you, and that's how I listen to music. But it's like if you put a song on, I could feel like I can find something to like about it, just as I can find something to nitpick. When you're a critic <laughs> for your for your job, when your job is to like look at shit and tell people how shit it is, you gotta find something <laughs> that you like. And so when you're when you're like Lyft driver or whatever is like playing like some song on top forty, and you're just like you're like yeah i'm wasted i'm just gonna this is great i mean (laughs)
3: it's
1: like i mean so for me yeah but like for me that that art really is film i really don't know jack shit about film like i don't know how to analyze film or study film i didn't take any music uh, classes about film and music or i you know or you know i mean for theaters like when you're in acoustics, you have to know how to how to build theater. So that requires, like, at least understanding, like, Shakespearean theater and how it all works with the stage and all this other stuff, um, the players um, involved. But, like, for, for, like, just, like, you know... General theater, like, I don't know that much about it, but, like, for film, like, I don't even, like, know the mechanics of film. I don't know how yeah. the fuck it works. Well, let, I don't let, know who's involved.
2: Let's start with this. The, uh, every film school course starts with Birth of a Nation. Yes. Uh, almost every single one. Uh, so that, that'll that give you some idea uh, uh, of what Here's film is like. Here's Lillian Gish
0: being attacked by dudes in blackface. This is very <laughs> relevant for today.
2: Um, eh, don't get into film. It sucks, too. Film yeah. sucks. I mean, it's I like it. making you should, films. You should get into video games. Okay, yeah, video
4: okay. games. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, I'm just gonna become a YouTube critic now.
0: That's <laughs> actually, look, that's a living. Me, I, you can make. That, that, you can that, that is a like worse the,
1: living than being the McMansion person. There is, okay? <laughs> there is
0: more money being the every frame a painting guy than, like, editing reality TV. Like, it's crazy how, uh... I mean, these video essays are uh, an entirely what do you, Is that? What they're just called video essays? It's like this a is
1: discriminatory one. for those of us who look like shit on video. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I'm ugly, and that, I chose well, to be an actor. That's why we're doing
4: podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to say, like, um, so Sony is leaking all these stories, obviously, right? Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, to yeah, protect
3: so their, their own so, ass. So, so,
4: like, why, like, so is this like about like they're pissed off that Marky Mark got that 1.5 out of them? Yeah, the movie are didn't old,
0: make a lot. Of money or is
4: this like a warning shot to like anybody else who's gonna like like try to do this again like hey you're not gonna do our issues for free like well I guess we'll just say that you are part of the problem um, of me too and men and basically you're no different than Kevin Spacey if you don't work for us for free
0: well it's a sleazy way to oh. it's a recontextualize <laughs> it's a very sleazy way on the part of the studios and the agencies to recontextualize uh, negotiations as you know as a political as statement. A, yeah, as part of the political zeitgeist. You know what, actually, the, like it, it like, is not a political
2: statement whether or not the J. Paul Getty movie comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It does. It shouldn't fucking matter. That doesn't mean anything about the women's movement or anything. Like, maybe the movie just shouldn't have come out. Who gives a fuck? Like,
0: I, who cares? Maybe they should have just released it on VOD and said, Kevin Spacey's <laughs> a pervert. Whatever, we fucked up. Go enjoy I mean, it. I think
1: it was- They just, I, like, replaced I, Kevin Spacey's face with, like, a very, like, cheaply edited in, like, MS Paint rendition of the word pervert. Yeah, they just
0: fucked They just like draw on some MS Paint. I I think that I think that we should still
2: allow all these perverts to be in movies, so long as they before the movie, like how like a sexual predator does, going through a neighborhood, they have (laughs) have to be like, "Hi, I'm Kevin Spacey." Before we start the movie, I'm a sex offender. Enjoy, Uh, enjoy the film, everybody. (laughs) That's
0: kind of what John John Waters used to start out his movies by you know, warning people that they were fucking filthy, and then he would tell people not to smoke before he lit up a stove. (laughs) That was, like, the intro, I think, to... uh, I think Pink Flamingos had that intro. Yeah,
1: Pink Flamingos. I Uh, mean, John Waters is, like, a national hero in Baltimore.
0: Oh, yeah, he's specifically in Baltimore. He is the Baltimore
1: guy guy i mean i mean yeah, got... normie's like watches movies in baltimore which is just like kind of funny to me because like his movies are just like there's some that are like more tame than others but like like pecker no, is not. pretty tame for example but like <laughs> guy can you imagine like your mom watching pink flamingos yeah, jesus yeah. christ
0: no and that's and that's uh
1: or female trouble or like you know or just... even
0: um a dirty shame or oh my god <laughs> no these, these movies are great and uh what if you want to? We could get into. I mean, do you do you two know about John, watch a lot of John Waters? I'd stuff? have
2: to do a. I haven't watched it since like since high school, so I'd have to do. Like why don't a we? Recap. So
0: here's what we do because I actually think like I a John mean, Waters episode them. would be great. Yeah. So like, why don't we bring Kate on again for
4: a John Waters episode? Oh my god, god, that'd
1: require me. You should bring my fucking sister on for a John. Waters.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, JD, I'm a little upset because I was actually going to ask Kate to come on for a Phil K. Dick episode.
0: Oh my <laughs> god. We could do
4: you know why not both. We could do we
0: both. could do The Man in the High Castle and we could do the you know the the movie with Divine choking on a dildo. We can do it all.
1: Divine is a national treasure. Well she was. She's dead. But I mean like an icon. I mean just yeah. like an icon. Even if you haven't seen a John Waters movie, you know like you know right. looking at Divine like who she is. It's like really bizarre. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen that many John Waters movies. I haven't seen all of them. I've seen, seen a lot of them. I've seen, I want to say I've seen the vast majority of John's, John Waters movies. But, I mean, I haven't seen, like, the fucking deep cuts that, like, you have to, like, find on VHS or whatever. But my sister seen, has all of them. You've seen both of
0: the hairsprays, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is Baltimore, the 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 musical.
1: But it's fucked up, though, because Baltimore's not really like that anymore. All mm. the places where John Waters sh- shot his movies, which were all working-class neighborhoods, are now, like, yuppie stores with, like, fucking, like, b- with birds printed on everything. Like, There's Hamden, nowhere
0: to escape this yuppie menace. This Hamden, which is where he Wells. lives,
1: is, like, the new, like, hot couture shopping district of Baltimore. And it's been that way since... It's been gentrified for 10 years. And it's just, like, when you go there, you're just like, this is kind of miserable. Because you know that there was a time when this was, like, a fucking sick place to be. But... It's just compl completely like commercialized and like, you know, like making pillows that like have like the word hun stitched and like glitter. It's just like
3: <laughs> so but how we get you-
1: it, we eat crabs in Baltimore for Christ's sakes, but we also have them and we forgot that
0: history. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you, how do you see uh you know architecture changing and how do you see do you see an architecture that can that can benefit working people and how architecture can be applied for working people in the future?
1: I mean I think that for architects like we have to understand that architecture doesn't make good futures. That's the job of politics. Mm. Architecture exists within the political landscape that it exists in. Whether that's like mass housing in places like Vienna in the 20th century or whether or not that's, you know, super capitalist hyper high rises in places like New York where they're all empty and all this other stuff, right? Architecture exists and does what it does in a political climate and it it, can architecture make change architects can speak up and do all this other stuff you can like practice ethical architecture by not taking saudi blood money i mean you can pay your architects and like your interns a living wage you can work to make education more accessible for more people but like is it the job of architects to to fix what is are essentially policy problems in urban cities I think that they can play a part in it as like as like a political force, but I don't necessarily think that it's it's not their jobs to make that change. Because if you ask architects what they want, they're like, yeah, I mean, like affordable housing is great. I mean, architects, like they don't make it, like they're not like really huge named people. And even if they are, like architects are kind of imbued with like this egalitarian vision of, I mean, it's a stereotype at this point of just like the changing the world person um like an architecture architecture has focused on like ecology for much longer than other industries so for in that way that i would say that like architecture or architects as far as like architects that are forward-looking and make and don't just make buildings but make architecture i would say like yes there's a forward-looking aspect there is a kind of like trying to build the best future but the truth is is that architects as like a political force, as, as far as like the AIA goes, are kind of, it's, it's a reaction, the AIA, which is like the American Institute of Architects, which controls the licensure of architects and is basically there. It's, it's not quite a union, but it's like, it's like a business trade association, I would say. Mm -hmm. Anyways, like they are there to like, to make money and they can like really, I mean, they have inherently reactionary politics. I mean, when Trump got election elected, like, the head of the AIA, like Robert Ivey, basically said, we'll work with you on your infrastructure plan because that's what's good for us as right. people who build things. These guys things. are going like, to build. But I mean, there are people on the left in architecture, people on the far left. Yeah, that's the architecture lobby, which is trying to become an alternative to the AIA that works more like as a union and is trying to fight for like things like proper pay and like labor rights and architecture, which has this huge culture of abuse. Kiefer Dunn and Marion Ellis specifically, who are my contacts at the architecture lobby, are like, extremely good leftists, like, top-tier leftists, I would say. Um, like, I've been to their house. I've seen their books. I know where they're at. Like, um, <laughs> so I'd say that, I mean, yeah, they are, like, bona They're the real deal, I would say. Um, awesome. Not that I'm, like, the arbiter of who's a leftist, because, believe me, that's not my <laughs> fucking uh, job. I think you are. I yeah, think you, you are. On. That's <laughs> what we had you, you on. Get but to- but <laughs> as far as, like, leftists in architecture, like, are concerned, I consider them to be probably the most threatening as far as, like, the architectural status quo. The people in the architecture lobby, which has gained like it's not just like a harbor for leftist architects. it's started to really gain like a following of people and like and like an academic following of people who like really want to like eradicate like the harmful labor practices in architecture. Um, and, you know, it's different for me, like as someone who works when you work in acoustics as an acoustical consultant, you're a consultant mostly, which means that you're working into a firm or you're a sole proprietor. Um, but you're working with several different types of people. You're not only working with architects. You're working with like mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, structural engineers, um, all of the all of the like the parties involved. You have to work with, but like in acoustics, it's like a niche thing. Uh, it's it's like labor rights in acoustics. Like I don't know. Yeah, pay your interns more. Like but there's like, <laughs> like two the interns. Like pay, it's a pay the people who uh, pay the people who are getting ripped off more. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> pay my professor who can't get tenure more. Yes. And it's basically just, like, being, like, railroaded all the time by, like, the school's administration and, like, I mean, it's just, no matter what you do, it just feels like you're just fucked, honestly. It's like, oh, you, people are like, oh, you get to just, like, do your blog and, like, write for a living. That must be so cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool And that, like, I don't have to, like, slave away. Like, because I used to work at a company and I used to have a boss and it yeah. was shitty. Yeah. I used to work at a speaker company, like, working on, like, testing and developing loudspeakers. And... It's like working in a cubicle and like when I started there I was like an intern so I like I like came back during summers and winter breaks and stuff and when I went the second time they fired everyone who liked me and so like I just became like a problem to get rid of and oh, finally man. they did and fi- thank god like my blog had started or else I would have been totally fucked yeah, totally but it's thought. like yeah That's I understand it. like that you know there's these things are, are different but like when you're you know and also it's like totally different to just be like railroaded by the system and being like a, but when like you're a freelancer when you're a writer you don't fucking have health insurance yeah. there's no job yeah. security I could say like something like I could have a typo on McMansion hell like I could write the like I could write some word and me and like as an accident yeah and yeah. like my life could be over so because right, get like mad.
2: Someone yeah. won't subscribe from the Patreon, yeah, or you—you you could have maybe made a joke seven years ago uh, that someone finds uh, yeah. uh, and gets everyone mad at you about. Uh, there, I mean, the, the ways... good thing
1: though is that like McMansion Hell is on Tumblr, which is like a very good barometer for the yeah. outrage of the internet. It is
2: true. You're <laughs> right. You're 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 maybe seven years ahead on uh, <laughs> outrages when you're. But on, also, uh, McMansion Tumblr.
1: Hell doesn't make fun of like things yeah. that you're not supposed to make fun of. It's like this window is bad. I mean, and the, the culture well, critiques I mean, are, like, attacking, like... sentiment might
2: sentiment uh, might be pretty offensive in a couple of years yeah, from as now. A We prof- really have no idea.
1: Yeah, we really have no... But, I mean, also, hopefully I'll have, like, some, like, kind of, like, economic security outside of McMansion. You know? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I mean, But yeah. in the meantime, uh, in the meantime, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love watching you make fun of these disgusting fucking houses. Yeah. <laughs> I've been reading you... It's actually, it's... Uh, I've been reading you for quite a few years, so the fact that... Uh, it's only
1: that, been around for one year, so you just got Fucker.
0: Um, Wait, that's not true. Is it only been a year? I actually it's know that since... only because I listened to the
2: Beast Coast episode, too, and and they got caught with the same thing. Uh, uh, well, it but, just but feels
0: like, like it feels it's been like around like it, longer. But, but I, it, I, I'll be, I'll be I sure swear to it, God, I, I,
1: have you... you, you okay, so it before? started in July 2016, so it's been... I mean, but the truth is, is that, like, these years feel like decades. Yeah. It is not hard like, to make really that mistake. It's a
0: long year. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: like that year felt like five years. <laughs> right. like- yeah.
0: I, I mean, been, so I'm I not really, going to, like,
1: own you for that, but, like, honestly, like...
0: But no, I mean, yeah. I actually, like, I, I remember reading the blog yeah. before the election.
1: No, yeah, we... So no, I it exactly. around before the election, exactly. which it's was, like, five like it, years ago, yeah. it's so, like, I remember.
0: I, mean, I
2: remember reading, yeah. I remember reading your blog a decade ago, before the election. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really
3: is
1: kind of
0: remarkable how dramatically we have all changed in the last year alone. It really
3: is. I know,
1: yeah. I, like, was, like, a middling social Democrat, and now I'm a communist. I mean, like, it's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I
3: mean
2: I, amazing. Know, I that that's a... Uh, uh, Common.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like I didn't start caring about politics, until I had to until I like left my parents' nest and had to pay for my life. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's the thing. As as and as uh, as you know, people in their twenties and thirties get squeezed more and more and more. More people are going to naturally just get involved with the political process, right? And, and that's and, a good thing. Uh, uh,
2: and when there's an entire generation of people who there are no jobs
0: available for, maybe they're going to become communists. Yes. <laughs> so, so for for our listeners. For our listeners who uh, don't know where to find you, where can they find you?
1: Well, you can find me at McMansionHell.com or at McMansionHell. And if you type in the words McMansionHell, you can find who I am. You could probably even find where I live. I don't know how these things work these days. But, uh, <laughs> no one do that. Actually, I wrote an folks. article about my house. But it hopefully, and I got some people like, like I know where you live. And I'm like, good for you. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, also you can find me on Patreon. Uh, it's uh, Patreon.com slash mcmansionhell. Um, at Twitter, at hell Health, you want to see like my screeds against something. Uh, so They're good screeds,
2: you should check them out. They're yeah. an excellent screeds. Yeah,
1: yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Struggle Session. Uh, Subscribe to us on Patreon. If you'd like to shoot us an email, hit us up at at gmail.com. We are at strugglesession.us. If you'd like to check out our Tumblr, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, not me, but us in general, check out at Struggle Sesh. S-E-S-H.
2: Coast. It's an experience from the bucolic hills of Western Massachusetts to the bustling metropolis of Washington, DC. We bring you cultural phenomenon, dystopian futures, apocalyptic politics. Join us on a journey of humor, rage and disgust and at Beast Coast wherever you get your podcasts.
4: See you soon. like what you hear want to hear more check us out at patreon.com struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes commercial free as well as hundreds of bonus episodes thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong